0: Hey listeners, just jumping in quickly before the podcast to notify you about the BodyTrack Academy educational webinars that we have available via Eventbrite. We cover a variety of topics ranging from oncology, musculoskeletal rehab, neurological rehab, mental health performance and much more, all of which you can access 24-7. That means you can purchase the webinar and watch it at any time that suits you. You can claim our webinars as PD points via S's self-assessment tool and as a valued listener of the podcast, you're entitled to $10 off any of our webinars, but do hurry because the code is only available to the first 10 purchases. Just use the code FIRST10. So head on over to Eventbrite and browse our webinars. The link is in the show notes and on the BodyTrack Academy Facebook page. I'd like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the Yagara and the Terrible people as the traditional custodians of Mianjin the lands on which our podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the BodyTrack Academy podcast created by EPs for EPs. The podcast will take you on an in-depth understanding of everything an EP is faced with on a day-to-day basis including clinical, personal and business practices to ensure you become the best practitioner possible. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, follow us on whatever streaming service you use to ensure the message spreads and you are notified of any new podcasts or educational resources available to you. Furthermore, if you're not already part of our online academy, head over to Facebook and join the BodyTrack Academy. Happy listening. Thanks for listening in to another episode of the Body Track Academy podcast, and our commitment this year is to have a podcast released every fortnight, with maybe a little break in between for some planning, but today, without further ado, I'm joined by Campbell. Campbell, how are you? Good,
1: Dan. Yeah?
0: Fantastic. Now, a bit of background, Campbell is our clinical team lead in the SNC and generalist field, which also does sort of include musculoskeletal. So a very good EP to have a chat with today on a specific case study that we're going to go through. Heard feedback from the uh, associates saying that you're really enjoying the, uh, the case studies, so we thought we'd do another one on a long-term client of yours, Campbell. So, without further ado, let's run through from the very ta- start that this, um, this lady came through, a bit of demographics and we'll um, plan out to where she is now. Take it away Cam. Thanks Dan. So,
1: um, this client, um, she originally came in in, the, in 2021, um, referred by her doctor. Or osteoporosis. Um, a recent, a recent DEXA scan that she had, um, it kind of, kind of took her by surprise a little bit. Um, she enjoyed exercise. She walked every morning, um, and it, she was healthy in all other aspects. So she was just a bit blindsided by the. Um, the diagnosis of osteoporosis and um, and then yeah she got she hadn't heard of an exercise physiologist she came in and we mm-hmm. had a really good kind of initial session education and then she's been seeing us pretty much since middle of uh, 2021 to, Fantastic. to yeah, yeah. 2024 it is wow how time flies
0: um, so let's before we go and unpack the assessment that you went through yeah. and how this client has progressed over that time. Let's just start with that situation in particular. Someone who has enjoyed exercise, has been walking mostly, um, and then presented and not knowing what an visit is. How many times do you feel you've been faced with that? over your career.
1: <laughs> A lot. Most um, <laughs> most doctors' referrals um, will will get that kind of response of like, oh, you know, how can you help me? Um, what is an exercise physiologist? So it's always good to to ask if they know and if, yeah, if their if their knowledge or their expectations of seeing an exercise physiologist is what we're actually what we actually can offer. Or um, but yeah, so it was pretty much she came and had no idea what an exercise physiologist was. Mm course and then we I just explained what we are what we do um, and then we went through and kind of unpacked her fears around movement and her okay. her kind of her thoughts about what was needed for um, for exercise and I think she'd been I clearly remember her Beating me to the point of being like, I need to do weight bearing exercises, no, and, head right. and it was straight into who... into what her doctor or I think someone she knew had said. Yeah, okay. And she currently wasn't doing weight bearing. Was it just the walking that she was doing? Just the walking. Yeah. Um, and then I proceeded to ask her, well, "What does what does weight bearing look like for you?" Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And what does that mean? And and she was. She had no idea, she just knew that she had to do some type of weight-bearing mm. um, and when we talked about it a bit further, she actually assumed that weight-bearing was bearing her own weight ah, right. and not like bearing mm. external weight. So it's, it, it can get confused a bit yeah. of having that, like what weight-bearing means, it means something different to everyone. Mm.
0: And I think you just highlighted a very good take home early take-home point is never assume, Mm -hmm. Uh, even though it says on their referral weight-bearing exercise, they might not have any idea. And in this situation, that seems to be the case. So you've asked a very good open-ended question, get their experience of what it is, because the answer may surprise you or they might nail it on the head. But it's a very good take-home is ask that open-ended question and and don't assume that they know what their condition is or in this case, what weight-bearing exercise is. Um, so let's go into that assessment a bit. Talk about after the educational part, um, you're onto weight bearing exercise. Where, where did it kind of go from there? Kim?
1: Because she hadn't done any weight training before, I did want to just get a, just a general assessment battery. So I did a, I did the kind of the classics in terms of sit to stand assessment, grip strength assessment, balance assessment. And just getting an overall baseline of where she was at um, because the, um, the, it was affected, like the osteoporosis was affected in her lower back mm-hmm. predominantly, Yeah. Um, I also did a lumbar extension hold assessment, which is like lying in the stomach and just bringing your chest off and seeing how long you can, you can um, hold there for, mm. and that's something that, is in recommendations for assessments for osteoporosis but also can be a bit of a daunting one for for people. Um, And she just found, there was a couple of things that stopped. She she did have that more kyphotic posture which tends to be present in in some clients, especially like the older female um, age group who have osteoporosis. Mm. Um, And she found it really difficult to hold her body weight up. Okay. It could be from more of her upper back, but she felt it significantly in her lower back because she just couldn't hold herself off the ground. Right. Um but yeah, and then we just pretty much went straight on to recommendations and where where she was in uh, compared her to normative data and just yep. then we went from there.
0: Great. Just taking back to that time when she felt her lower back during that assessment Piece that you did with the lumbar extension hop. And you were talking before about her fears around
1: movement and fears around
0: potentially weight training. How did you navigate
1: that situation? Well, I first made sure that she was aware that if we, if she had bone density, like lower bone density scores in a specific area, that we needed to focus on that specific area. And from as soon as she was aware that there needed to be a focus on her lower back because her lower back was lower in bone density, her hips were too actually, but um, she trusted me in terms of like, well, let's assess this, but not to a point of danger or heavy weight or compressive loads or really um, similar shear forces or anything like that in the assessment phase. I just wanted to make sure she was like we're just going to have a lie down I just want to see if you can hold this position Mm. I didn't necessarily word it in a. this is to see your lower back strength yeah Um, I just wanted to see if she could tolerate specific movements Mm. Um, and yeah I think she was pretty happy to just go along with it um, Mm -hmm. knowing that there wasn't any big weights or Mm -hmm. things that she was a bit worried of. Right. Um, And I think, again, uh, another take home
0: from that point there and how you've navigated that situation of someone coming in who might be fearful with some movements is the reassurance that you provided. You are the health professional. You've educated. um, And I would dare say without that education you provided, that trust in you from the client would not be there. And that test could have gone different for someone else. So associates and those listening, a very good take home there is to build that rapport quickly, but be the professional and be firm in saying this is what we need to do and this assessment is going to show us where we're at because without that education and understanding for the client could look very different about that experience for them as well. Uh, Post assessment recommendations that you provided to this client for ongoing sessions um, minimal dosage how did that uh, how did that go down?
1: I started with going through the uh, evidence-based recommendations um, before we decided picking what route she was actually going to come see us we often and pretty much there's Essa had a really good resource available to It's a CPD course as well for bone density Mm -hmm. um, and osteoporosis and they have a full algorithm and recommendations. And there's also really good recommendations from like the the Lift More program. Yep. Um, It's an overseas and things American program. Then we, the Enero Bone Protocol in Australia that is based off that. Yep. So I know that there is an Enero clinic in Brisbane mm-hmm. um, that do it, but the the recommendations that they have, I kind of explained to to the client, I said, look, these are probably the things that we need to aim for. This is, like, and understanding that bone density from the literature, says it's, it takes nine months to properly see, like, of progressive overload resistance training to see benefits in bone density and and 12 months for it to be actually quite long lasting so putting those expectations early and saying this is going to be something that will need to progress and need need to um, be continuing on, this isn't a quick Mm -hmm. fix Yeah, again,
0: vital, really really important, that that piece of information for clients to continue on and understanding of exercise yeah. yeah and
1: and that's and she responded really well to that she right. was she was like okay well i did not I, I didn't know it took that long but that's mm-hmm. good and it kind of put her in a positive mindset and about like okay let's commit for the next 12 months and this is what this is going to look like and i went through the specific amounts of impact loading and balance and and resistance training that she needed to achieve in within a week, mm. um, and then just talked about like how we're going to make that happen, and how yeah. what, what does the week look like for you to obtain this? And um, and she was very honest about not being the most proactive at home. Mm-hmm. She loved going for walks, but in terms of strength training, she's never really committed to yeah. strength training, um, but all, yeah, I think her, her, all her kids did like F45 and, right. and things yeah. and, there and she just never really understood it. So yep. um, she was just like, okay, I can, I can see myself committing to this, but I have to be in the, in a clinic. Yeah. I have to have an appointment there. Yeah. So we just started with that. We said, okay, well, let's make a couple appointments for you to hit these two um, strength training sessions. Um, and from there, we'll just see how we go. Yep. Um, the, the
0: thing I really like that you've done is you've included this client in constructing their journey towards better health. You haven't, you've not done it in a way where you've been the professional, you've informed them about this is what it takes, but you've done it in a way where they've got to make their decision as well and you haven't forced anything upon them uh, and you built that, um, that constructed exercise week with them rather than uh, kind of, not against them, but telling them exactly what to do. So that, again, it's the, it's the clients making that journey for themselves and can be done a great job in terms of supporting them and being the, the professional to guide them through that. So uh, power on the back for that as well and a good take home for for anyone listening. Before we get into what our session looked like, uh, any pharmacological interventions alongside this and does that have any impact as well to that nine month or 12 month
1: time taken to see change? Um, In this case, no. Um, She was very keen to do this conservatively and her doctor was was on board with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, with the osteoporotic clients, it's it can be a thing that we have to factor in mm-hmm. um, in terms of if they're on some bisphosphonate medication or medications that may may have um, like bone kind of fracture risks or. Yep. Um, cardiovascular risks, there's a couple that have uh, more of a cardiovascular risk behind them, then we do need to be more aware of um, if their calcium levels are adequate, mm. if they've got an okay level of strength to begin with, um, or they, or we have to manage their heart rate and blood pressure during the sessions. Um, with this specific um, Instance, no. Mm. She she was more than I. She really wanted to do this conservatively. Um, But yeah, there's there's great um, medications out there Mm. for it. Uh, A lot of them have like gastrointestinal um, side effects that that stop people taking them, and it's feedback that we get a lot. Okay, Um, but it's. For this client, no, yep. no it, was, it was pretty easy. So I think the important thing from that too is asking about medications that may be
0: um, detrimental to bone health as well as obviously any specific uh, medications uh, or pharmacological intervention that's going to support bone, uh, bone growth or, or slowing the de- decline in bone loss yep. as well. Um, so that's an important thing to always ask and check in Um, routinely and also checking in with the GP the referral or where the referrals come from as well Um, all right let's get on to what the session started to look like Mm -hmm. so first session client coming in done up your program let's go through that first and, and unpack what that looks like
1: and give the listeners a bit of an idea about what exercises you did yep yep so there's we started pretty low on impact in terms of um, because she was. It, it depends on you know what T score mm-hmm. that the person presents with and and like how confident they are. And, um, mm-hmm. but like, because this client was sitting at about negative three, mm-hmm. um, we had to start a little bit lighter in, ter- in terms of impact. So. Yeah. Um, Current recommendations for impact are around about you know the, the fifty impacts, mm. starting with four days a week and building up to seven if, if the person's tolerating it well. But um, we pretty much just started with some like really gentle kind of like skier jumps to the side, um, and then some heel drops into into the ground and, and, and not too forceful. The heel drops are great for lower back um, osteoporosis. Um, but then building up intensity as we as we went, so really trying to be hard on the ground as we went through the first month. Um, just to see how she went. The resistance training was really kind of specific to to where she had lower bone density. Sure. Um, so because she had, you know, a lot of people will, I think it's eighty percent of people with osteoporosis present predominantly in their lower back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for some people, it presents in both lower back and hip. Yep, and present other places as well. But that's where they most <clears throat> yep. That's where they mostly worry about mm-hmm. for fracture risk and frailty risk. Um, she because she had both, we we had we just tried to get her familiar with feeling what areas that we're going to be working with. So mm-hmm. we started in like kind of bridging, planking, back extension hold. Um, side leg raise, you know, just mm-hmm. exercises that she was surprised with because she assumed we'd we just go straight into resistance training. Yeah, and and, and
0: it sounds like her mindset on resistance what that looks like is heavy load, like targeted, really, yeah, lifting away weight <laughs> yes. as heavy as you can, kind of thing. Yes. And that's it. And that's it. And like we we
1: did have a discussion in our initial saying that that's where we want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's we will build up to a point where you are actually lifting more than you thought you could. Yeah. Um, but just to reassure that that's not where we're starting. Mm. We're starting with you understanding what we want to aim for, what we're feeling, mm. what like, what we're trying, the intensity that we want to hit. Mm. Um, the recommendations are that you know, that 85% of your one RM or eight out of 10 RPE for your intensity of the exercise. And, and that doesn't always mean like weights involved, you know, like, mm, like that. Yeah. That can mean intensity in, you know, holding a side plank, for example, right. trying to get yeah. your, your spine and your, and your lateral hip involved. Like it, mm. you could pull to a point where, you know, they're at that eight out of 10 mm. and then swap over to the other side. There's, so we had to work yeah. out what an eight out of 10 felt like for her, and we just did that in body weight exercises, really, yeah. to start with. Yeah. And then we kind of built and started. Yep. And before we knew it, we were into some pretty significant weight. Mm. Um, and it crept up on her, she didn't, she didn't expect it, but um, she was kind of surprised about how well she was going. Yeah,
0: and I think the, the, the important part there is, uh, it, it sounds obvious, but you're starting at a really baseline that's suitable for the client and progressing over time. Um, because tolerance, demand, load, all those factors have to be taken into consideration. Um, Just going back to the impact, how do you know when what the right intensity is for that client? Is there certain questions you're asking to ensure that the impact's not too much? Like, as you said, you started with heel drops and you built that up. How do you know when to progress that? How did you get information from the client to safely progress that? Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you're learning a lot in this particular episode. Just a shout out to our sponsor, HGG Performance, which provide very high quality, innovative gym equipment and custom fit outs to enable you to pivot your potential and smash performance and rehab goals. They are world renowned for their innovative creations in the gym accessory space, including the best-selling ISO-TIB LT, TIB Bar, Wrist Axe and Nordic Bar. And i got to say, we're using some of these equipment in our clinic and finding some great results. Used by professional sports teams, athletes and coaches worldwide, as well as the military, health practitioners, and apparently even Joe Rogan uses their gear. HGG is a proudly Aussie-owned company that makes all their gym equipment at their Gold Coast HQ. In our partnership with them, we are stoked to offer you 10% discount on any product with the code BODYTRACK10 so you can experience what all the hype is about yourself. So jump over to their website, go to the checkout, punch in the code of bodytrack10 to get 10% off um, on any of their great, innovative gym equipment and start using today. Thanks very much.
1: When So I would I progress all the impact loading every three to four weeks. Okay, that's kind of like my, my goal mm-hmm. is to be able to progress it. Is there a reason for the three to four weeks as well? Just because it, just because I want to see consistent overload for nine months. Sure. If you leave it for six to eight weeks, your body's getting used to things, probably too much, and it, and it, we're just we're not giving it enough stimulus to have an osteogenic effect. We yep. need to be right. having some type of impact, some kind of yanking and pulling on those on those bones. Um, the purely the way that I get my feedback from without you know that they only do dexter scans every two years, That's usually, right. mm-hmm. so there's no there's nothing that we can get consistent objective um, feedback from. So the subjective feedback is, did that feel easy? Does it hurt? Do you have any pain? Pretty obvious, no, but important, including that, and let's go up, yeah. you know, it, it's just a point of life. Mm. And with osteoporosis, you have to be mindful that it. It's associated with frailty. So people who have this diagnosis and maybe were a bit surprised by it, have a mindset of like, am I gonna break things? You know, that, that's yeah. like a first go-to. Yeah. So making sure that you're not pushing them, even though they can probably tolerate it, mm. making sure that you're not pushing them too early because the mindset still might be is this going to put harm? Yeah. And we know the relationship. Um, there's other podcasts we've done this,
0: and there's abundance of literature about the like, mindset and how the body will react and, and pre- um, predispose itself to to a, a movement um, consideration or um, fear avoidant movement as well. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to go on to as well is it sounds obvious start low small body weight and progress over time. But that looks very different if you weren't using those um, 85% or, or, or 8 out of 10 difficulty um, and that conversation. And that's the, the pure importance of subjective. Because if you went uh, osteoporosis client coming, I'm going to look at literature, okay, I've got to do 50 impacts, I've I'm got to do resistance training at 85%, I'm going to do that straight away. Um, you, you could take that and go apply that straight away to a person who doesn't have a lot of history or has minimal history of resistance training, the outcome looks very different. This client might then be presenting going, oh, I am getting painful in this, is that muscle pain or is that a fracture risk and there comes in the mindset as well. So again, it sounds simple but great to include is that subjective analysis is so important Um, when you're taking a client through resistance training and impact training for osteoporosis management.
1: Yeah, and and understanding that 85% or eight out of 10 doesn't mean, like if you see that written on paper, You look at that being like, I'm gonna to have to absolutely follow myself in this session yeah. to get through it. And yeah. that's not that's not that's what not it means. Out. Exactly. Yeah. 85% means something different to every single person. Mm. It's just, we need to get in to an intensity where they are really feeling the exercise. Yeah. It doesn't matter what exercise you do with that. Mm. It's just working with the client to make sure they understand that. Yeah. Instead of just saying, mm. you need to hit 85%. Because that's daunting for someone who's never strength trained. And a lot of the time, clients who are osteoporotic, they haven't strength trained. That's right, yeah, Um, and that you cover very
0: nicely in the um, osteoporosis educational webinar that we do have available for our associates to uh, learn from as well and access 24-7. Can you take us through that one as well really uh, in depth of how you bring clinical research to practice and that's what we're really essentially talking about here. You know, on paper, eighty-five percent, eight out of ten. Like I was saying before, you could take that and to the cows come home and you go. This is what I have to do. Um, I have to follow protocol, but you're not thinking about the person in front of you. The practical application is what we're talking about, and what the educational webinar goes through really well. Let's jump to where this client is now. So about three years with us. Yep. Um, well, how has
1: this client progressed? What have you noticed? Um, and also, what challenges have you faced? So. The biggest challenge that i faced in her, pretty much her whole um, treatment with us is she has frozen shoulder. Um, right. And a lot of the exercises that are recommended, like if we, if we look for the Lift More program, mm. say, mm. Um, if you don't, if right. anyone right. listening doesn't know what the Lift More program or the bone program is, um, it's pretty much three exercises. It's a deadlift, a uh, um, squat and a shoulder press, all with a barbell. And you just work about five reps into a really good intensity with some loading, jumping and stuff as well. And mm. it's just progressively overloads over 12 months and and further if the person um, sticks with it. So two of those exercises, she was unable to do. She can't get into a back squat position. Yeah, her shoulder was not ne- even nearly let her. Mm-hmm. Um, their shoulder press was extremely painful. Um, and deadlift was also not the most comfortable thing for her mm. as well, because just holding that bar, it has got so much better now. Now she's got full range shoulder press, um, we're getting mm. her now doing back squats, and that's been a, a long journey to be able to get her shoulder back to that position. Mm. Um, but she's now getting into back squats. Um, but it's all about like how creative can you be with, with this specific program, because if if we were to go, okay, I need to do like a bone-specific program, yeah. she wouldn't be able to do half the exercises. Exactly. So yeah. we, I've had to keep her that at the intensity that we want to keep her at mm. while still being able to get her through a session without just having that like shoulder pain and shoulder soreness and stuff like that. So it's always been a challenge mm. for, for her because it, it has... She has a very different right to left leg, you know, right leg's really weak. Um, and has a lot, of, like, tends to show a lot of different movement characteristics in her left. Doesn't mean I change any exercises, but mm. it does mean that we have to keep that in mind. She has had a right knee injury um, from years and years ago. Yep. But again, that's doing a lot better now. Um, she has now progressed into hiking, and she does, she travels all around Australia to hike now. Fantastic. She's just, yeah, every weekend she's mm. doing some other competition and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So she's really liked the transition to the hiking. Yeah. Um, from just the walking every morning. Yep. She still does that, but yeah, now she's in a hiking group. So she does the Mount Coother on one week and then right. on the weekend she's always signed up mm. for something and going away for weeks on the end hiking. So. Um, I think it's just got her more confident in yeah. her body
0: yeah. um, that was going to be my question do you think she would have done that
1: before doing resistance training I don't know I don't, know. I don't think so I mm. think that it's uh, what she mentions is how she always gets comments from people because she powers past them mm. on the like, <laughs> younger, <laughs> younger people and she's, she's 70 now Fantastic. so passing the, the young wicker snappers on Mount Peter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's in the group and she's like, I hate you. And it's more so just that, like, she feels that obviously gives her a bit of motivation. Of course. Ball, yeah. <laughs> and, but it's just more so she felt strong enough to do it. And she, she used to always complain of her balance, I mean, really bad balance. But mm. the strongest she's got, that's kind of like it is helping. Yep. Um, yeah. And she's not having any of those, like, really unsteady periods. Um, well, hiking is unsteady in a lot of ways, but like, but she's confident to do it. So yeah, I don't know if she would have done it without the strength training side sort of things, but I think it's helped her mm. to just gain confidence in her body. Um, yeah, but yeah,
0: fantastic. Well, we might wrap it up there, uh, and just main takeaways from today's chat cam. If uh, someone is about to approach. A client who has osteopenia or osteoporosis what's your one takeaway or main takeaway that you would have for for this
1: uh, population my main takeaway for any practitioner is have the recommendations there with you Mm. have them there so you can show the client like that's enough buy-in just just having the current recommendations for bone density improvements there if you can have that and you can reference that with them and work out how that works within their life Mm. you've you're already a step above you know if you're going in there being like you know strength training is good but there's Mm. no really clear direction nothing tangible nothing tangible i think that's changed it all for me like the more the more research that has come out of it because it's only recent that yeah that osteoporosis um specific osteoporosis recommendations have really been they've been some for a while, mm-hmm. a lot of pharmaceutical mm-hmm. ones, um, but it's only very recent that we've had really clear guidelines and right. if I was a practitioner, I would get those guidelines. I would research the Lickmore program. I'd go to Essa and get the Essa recommendations for osteoporosis and I'd, I'd work out what that looks like in your clinic and for you. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. then I would just have them there. So if you know that that person's coming with osteoporosis, prepared. You're prepared, you've got it there and you're already. That's that's onboarding. Great. Just there. Cam,
0: it's been a pleasure. Very insightful. Definitely things I can take away and apply already for my own clients and I hope all the listeners can as well. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the Body Track Academy podcast, Cam. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. So remember to share, like, or follow to keep updated with all our podcasts and educational resources.